Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello, Jocelyn. Happy to be back. I'm back. Yay! We missed you last week. Uh, well, you know what? I, I, I'm, I'm happy Jim was able to come on the show because I have not uh, heard anyone talk about Horizon in at least a couple episodes so i was gonna say it's been at least like two or three weeks <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Which, wait, by the way i've had more time to actually sit down and play that game and it's so good <laughs> yeah you know i just have there's so many games that that are out and keep getting announced it's this weird thing uh, you know an industry keeps moving forward that sort of thing but i i do want to play that game and i i stand by my word that i think Horizon on PC is going to be that game I chip away at while waiting in anticipation for the sequel and also save money. Not a great way to save money by spending money, but there's got to be like a question mark, question mark, question mark, step three profit there. I'll I'll figure it out. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah. And I feel like I've got I've got Horizon Zero Dawn and also the Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning came out today. So uh, I kind of have both of those in my arsenal when i'm looking for like single player rpg style stuff to just kind of pick away at one quest at a time sort of thing so i mean uh amalur we played way way back when it first originally came out uh before all of the whole uh not 343 38 studios (laughs) before that i was like one of those studios with the numbers (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not yeah. the halo guys though <laughs> one's still around one went bankrupt and was sued by uh a state a so, state yeah yeah so, it did yeah, not go it, well yeah and and so ever since then i mean with, i feel like that was within the first couple of years of us doing the show so when did was that the first was that, year. 2013 or oh okay first yeah. year there you go uh so yeah like it's been quite a long time since i've played amalur so it's not nearly as fresh in my mind as horizon but um it's it feels pretty good and i know like there's been a lot like i've read the reviews because it said mixed when right when i was going to go buy it and then download it and i was like wait why why is getting mixed reviews what's wrong and it's just people not realizing like thinking they were getting a whole new game i was like they were pretty clear it was a remaster, you guys. Like, <laughs> wait, in the reviews, yeah. that was the yeah on Steam. The, not not like not actual journalistic reviews, but like the Steam reviews. It said mixed, and I was like, I don't understand. And then so I read some of the negative ones, and I was like, Oh, you just didn't pay attention. Got it. <laughs> yeah, it's... they're like, this is the same game. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was the point <laughs> like <laughs> good you got it all right now yeah. update your review because you are correct uh <laughs> it's wild you know these these remasters that come out um i think i think gamers need to they, they need to check their expectation right because at remasters they are all over the place in terms of quality and remasters such a loose term because sometimes it's just well we're going to talk about some later later on in the show sometimes it's just we made it so it runs on your thing on the and, new yeah and yeah. uses h you know quote unquote hd visuals uh oh and we support 16 by by 9 because it's the future um this is this is i think from what i've seen of re-reckoning which I, I i love the name everyone else who does not i mean what else are you going to do right when you have you know reckoning in your subtitle uh 
I just find that I think they went, they did the, they did the work, right? Um, they didn't just up-res it and make it, make it so, right? They, they, uh, they did the work to make it, and they're coming out with an expansion next year as well. So you're getting Yeah, that's new the other piece of this, right? Is that there is new content involved in the re-reckoning. So you're going to actually end up with, I think they said five hours of additional story and gameplay coming in 2021. So mm. It's not even just that they're taking the old version and making it playable on new hardware, which they did, but also you're going to get because I was looking like I was trying to figure out earlier on. We were talking about um, like earlier on today, Ryan and I were talking about how it was releasing and, and where I could buy it to maybe, you know, get a discount or whatever, because if you own it on Steam, then it's 60 percent off right now. Like if you own the previous version of Kingdoms of Amalur then uh, you get 60% off. And I think that uh, that discount applies for the first two months. It's like a loyalty bonus. Um, and sorry, that's a 50% um, discount. And then there's also just a 10% launch discount for the first two weeks of the product. So um, combined, if you buy it within the first two weeks and you own the previous version on Steam, then you get a 60% discount. So I think, Ryan, for you, it was like, um, not not including the DLC version, but like the just the base re reckoning game was like fifteen bucks Canadian or something, right? Yeah, and and this is the thing: it's not a full priced game even without the discount. It's only like forty dollars, which was uh, which yeah. was a surprise to me. Because and this is the thing: like uh, they they probably could have looked at this and charged uh, charged the eighty dollars Canadian because that's that's what games are expected to cost. But I find that. THQ Nordic has done a really good job at taking these IPs that they've purchased and breathing new life into them and then also adding new content. So um, mm -hmm. we didn't get it with Destroy All Humans where they said like, hey, we're going to add a, an expansion or do a, a semi-sequel. But I really enjoy the way, uh, you know, developers and publishers are taking these old games, remastering them, and then gauging the public on doing a proper sequel. And we were seeing mm -hmm. that with crash bandicoot which had that stellar remaster i i, I think that was, that that one was a remake straight up they remade the first three games because that was a ps1 uh release needed a lot of work and <laughs> uh they're they're coming out with a proper crash bandicoot 4 in i think this month so i really like these remasters and i like supporting them because it shows a company specifically like thq nordic that is known for saying okay this was well received let's do a proper sequel because i would love to see a 2022 kingdoms of amalur and they have the mm -hmm. mo2 right so they could do something there maybe i don't know i don't know yeah they because the, yeah they got everything out of out of 38 studios right so mm -hmm. yeah i mean i same thing i mean it's the same reason why i end up purchasing like in-game currencies and stuff for games that i play even when they're free to play is because i want to show I want to support developers, but also show them like basically voting with my dollars and saying, this is a franchise I really enjoy and I want to support it. Like, I mean, I don't even know how many times like I buy the, the DVD DLC every single like the first day, launch day, every single time, which, by the way, new DVD chapter dropped today. But uh, <laughs> so speaking of other things I was shopping for over on Steam. Um, so, yeah, like, I mean, I buy that day of and I've bought currency packs for them. And when we used to play Smite, I would buy skins all the time. Like, even free-to-play content has some way to 
support the developer and I try to support as many developers as I play, whether it's a free to play model or not. And uh, yeah, this very much, I think um, by purchasing this title is, is sending the message to THQ. Like, yes, there's interest in Amalur. Yes, you should make a new one. Do something with those, you know, assets, whether that be, you know, characters, story, whatever. I can't imagine that there would be anything necessarily worth salvaging in terms of like maybe character models and code and stuff. I'm sure that probably needs an overhaul, but hmm. the backbone is there. Yeah. Yeah. From a story perspective, I know they wrote yeah. a lot for that MMO and they could they could take that story and apply it to a to a Kingdoms of Amalur sequel, because I think Kingdom reckoning was a prequel to what the mmo would have yeah been. yeah it was supposed to basically be like hey here's our world here's the setup and then bam they were going to give us an mmo so i think that um companies have kind of wised up since then like the mmo market is not as hot as it used to be and the ones that are kind of in it and established you've got eso you've got wow like they're they're kind of um they have their players and there it doesn't seem to be a whole lot of um appetite for moving between MMOs. I know like even I play World of Warcraft all the time. I love ESO. I think it's probably the superior game, but all my friends are in WoW, so I haven't actually like swapped over to just play ESO like kind of full time sort of deal and I don't know who these people are that can manage more than one MMO at a time, but I definitely cannot. So, uh, so yeah, I think it's, it's probably wise for them to take those um, like MMO assets and just make another single player experience. I think, you know, moving into that realm is probably a better idea instead of, you know, trying to make it an MMO. But again, that's all going to depend on people purchasing, re-reckoning, and showing that there's actually interest in the franchise in the world still. Um, so, because, yeah, it was a long time ago. I mean, when I was looking for it earlier today to try to figure out, I'm like, I know I played this game. And uh, I was like, but when, like, when and where and, you know, what's going on? And I found my old copy, and it was an Xbox 360 title. I'm like, ah, oh, you're so old. <laughs> it's funny. I didn't. It's been like, forever ago. I knew I had played it on Steam, and I'm thinking to myself, like, anything on Steam to me is is probably released in the last ten years. But really, Steam's been around for quite a while. And when you showed me that that 360 copy, he's like, "Oh right, this game is is up there in terms of when it came out." And I I remember at launch, we were both very interested in the game, and and I remember playing it and, and getting a good chunk in but um but then the whole 38 studio stuff happened and it really took the win out of my sails in terms of like wanting to play this game knowing yeah, that this world was going to be shut down yeah did you ever finish it or did you just kind of fall off i fell off yeah i did not mm. finish it I, I i was glancing at steam because i was i was looking to pick it up as well and i think i had played 10 hours of the original i don't oh, remember okay. i remember uh, I think where I left off was I remember I was in some sort of area with spiders and mm. the game has a weird structure. And I, I think if I go back to, you know, when I pick up Re-Reckoning, I'll enjoy it from the same sense that I enjoyed Destroy All Humans because it's a much more focused sort of open world fantasy game because of the limitations yeah, of 2012. I think I think that they removed the um, level restrictions on zones. I think they added some scaling or something oh. from what I was reading. So like that was, I mean, 
it wasn't necessarily a level restriction that stopped me. I don't think I think I hit a boss fight and then I because I remember falling off the game hard. I got to one boss fight that I just absolutely could not defeat. And I was really, really frustrated. And then everyone was like, oh, just go back and like do meaningless tasks. And I was like, <laughs> nope. I hate that. Like, that is just not my jam. But that being said, like Joss the gamer from 2012 is a different gamer than Joss in 2020. So I feel like I would um, understanding that going in. And also just, you know, being, I think, better at games. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've come a long way and done a lot of things in those intervening eight years. I think I would probably have a lot more patience for a a well-crafted RPG, whereas I didn't have a whole lot of patience back then. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like, I it very much suffered from the same sort of, and I think I was playing it around the same time, the Mass Effect 3 thing, where it's like, oh my god, the world is ending, you have to go kill the thing. Oh no, wait, but also go do all these side quests for all these villagers. And I was like, but why? I want to go do the boss fight, because that's fun. <laughs> so... Yeah, it's uh, it's the kind of thing that um, I'm looking forward to revisiting, and we will we'll talk a little bit more about it next week. I think once Ryan and I have had a chance to actually get our teeth into it, um, but yeah, I'm I am looking forward to it because I think with a new attitude, I might actually really enjoy um, Kingdoms. So yeah, well, I'm I'm looking forward to jumping in. I, I uh, it, it it just it I like going back to older games and. Uh, I look forward to I look forward to checking it out because I really wish I had played more and I just wish that whole scenario with 38 Studios had had not ended the way it had. Right. So, yeah, it's like now there's a light at the end of the tunnel because, you know, there's DLC coming and you're, you know, there's always there's a possibility of a sequel now, which is not the same as as back in 2012. You know, it, things were looking bleak. So now we've got our light at the end of the tunnel. And yeah, we'll talk about uh, re-reckoning a little bit more next week. But what we should talk about is what we actually have been playing. So, Ryan, tell me about Paper Mario <laughs> Color Splash. <laughs> All right. So that is a Wii U game. If if anyone didn't hear that and go, oh, is she, is she did she mean Origami King? Well, it's yes the, and no. <laughs> yes and no. So I was off last week. And as I've talked before, and I've Caden uh, uh, and I, Caden, Abigail and I have been playing Paper Mario Origami King. And we beat it. We beat it. Abby was like, yay, we did it. That was really cool. Caden burst into tears. <laughs> <laughs> the credits roll and he he just he uh, he gets very upset. He was not having it. <laughs> he was not having it. And I, I, I was like, oh, gosh, what do I do? I mean, I get that feeling. I understand it. You finish a game you enjoyed so much and then you uh, you just I cried when I finished Zero Dawn. I was like, no, <laughs> You, you feel that you feel that achievement, but also that loss of like, ah, there's no more new stuff. There's nothing else. Yep. And uh, he, I think this is maybe the second time, but really the first time he's he's really under latched onto a game and then understood that it was it was done. It was done. Yeah. Yeah. And and I I did the, and again like the whole parenting side of this, I'll probably talk through on Dungeons and Diapers with Crofton. But what I did immediately was like. Oh, buddy, don't worry. There's a bunch of other Paper Mario games. So the first thing I did is <laughs> I ran into the office like, I'm pretty sure I have the 3DS one. Couldn't find it. Turns out I sold it because I just didn't like it so much. Uh, but now I'm regretting it because easily I could have just slapped it in the 3DS and being like, here, play a little bit of this. Um, just to kind of 
explain to him because like he doesn't really understand like he thinks he finished paper mario he thinks he finished the paper mario game right and, yeah and we're not going to play anymore he doesn't understand that there's like you know 25 years that happened before he was a human <laughs> yeah so that's something he's still grasping when it comes to content because again like when you think of how kids uh consume content now that you have streaming platforms you can just play uh play paw patrol again you can play whatever show uh, right now they're into like just play oh they want to watch naughty well guess what you can just put on that episode again and start it right from the beginning because it's instantly at their finger when the commercials come on they don't understand what's happening right (laughs) uh to a point where it's like what happened to the tv show um so when it came to this i i okay i didn't have that and i'm like i don't have any other paper mario games so uh i i i I think i couldn't they just replay paper mario we could but origami king (laughs) selfishly uh i sat there and like i really don't want to play through it again you know i'm i'm kind of guy like i have limited amount of time to play games i guess that's different than just like throwing paw patrol on again right is that you actually have to interact and you have to to do it like it's he can't sit there and actually do a lot of it (laughs) yeah so I kind of sat there. I was like, okay, um, this is an opportunity for him to understand where, you know, where games come from, like uh, how many games there are in a series. Uh, also gives me a, a different game to play that I might not have played. So we, uh, I looked up Color Splash. Obviously, I was going to have to, you know, break out the Wii U again. And it's like $75. I figured, man, it had to be cheaper on the store. But no, it's full price. They knocked five bucks off because for the for the hassle of hooking up your wii u and i thought well let's uh let's go downtown we'll go to the used game store so Caden and i we put our masks on we we brought our sanitizer and we went to the used game store and we kind of walked through and we kind of he got to see all the different games that were for sale and all the different platforms including ones from way before he was born uh and we kind of leafed through and i think we were looking for at first, we were like, uh, they might not have many Wii U games, so I just I couldn't find the Wii U games. I finally find them, <laughs> <laughs> you know, for obvious reasons. Not a lot because you're the only it. one in your town that owned a Wii U. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, all, you, and they they kind of they also put the Wii U section off to the side, so I completely missed it because it was I think it was in the country music section, which was. Uh, <laughs> wild but but in you know during this pandemic they've got the lines you kind of go through the store like you're you're walking through a museum and right we finally get to the wii games and i'm like okay i didn't see the wii u games i start leafing through the wii games and i find the super paper mario um and i thought well if i have to hook up the wii u i can easily adapt and turn it into the it play a wii game on it so i bring it up to the counter it's like 25 bucks and i'm like that's not too bad and then I say to the guy, like, I, I didn't see, do you have any Wii U games? And he's like, oh, yeah, we have a small selection just over there. So we go and take a look and I find Color Splash. And because that was the that was the first trailer that we watched. And he loves he loves the idea of um, you have to color. So it's very actually similar to Origami King. You have to you have a hammer that's like just shoots paint all over when you when you uh, when you well hammer things when you hit things. And there are just these blotches of uh, missing paint in areas and you hit them with the hammer and then they paint. So very similar to in Oregon King where you're throwing confetti and you're rescuing toads by either coloring them or or finding them in the area. Um, 
and it's a it's a it's a worlded area so you're kind of like moving from level to level it's presented on a world map so it's not open world so to speak a connected world like paper mario origami king it's more like here's this level move on the world map here's this next right level. yeah but it's got like you know the talking sidekick in this case it's not an origami you know person it's a it's a paint can who is you know feisty <laughs> Uh, his name's Huey. Mr. Cannon is his father. We learned that. And uh, anyways, we picked up this game and that was the one he wanted because we had watched the trailer. He liked the idea of like coloring things. And also it's got the Wii U tablet. This is the other thing people hated about it. It's like a card based system, but you have to like paint the cards, then flick them up onto the screen. Super, super gimmicky. But the kids, I figured the kids Very would love Wii it. Very Wii U-ish. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, exactly. Probably fits really well with Caden and his age group. Yeah, so uh, we find it at the store. I bring it back up, and the clerk's like, "Yeah, I get it's double the price, but like, yeah, I guess you could play this Wii U game." And I'm like, "Ah, it's it's the one we watched in the trailer. If I bring home the Wii game, I'll be back in a day to pick up the Wii U game because that's just how kids' minds work. They they've got a thing in mind." But uh, yeah, I was happy to pick it up because honestly, I hadn't played it, and I avoided it for the same reasons I was skeptical about Origami King. Um, you know, it wasn't a traditional Paper Mario game, but I enjoyed Origami King so much, and now I'm enjoying Color Splash. It's weird playing the Wii U, I will definitely say that, but uh, it was one of those games that I skipped late in its life. It came out in 2016, which was literally six months before the Switch came out, so yeah, it was dangerously close to better Nintendo hardware territory, <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, but I'm, I'm, he's loving it. Abby, Abby and Caden can both actually contribute to combat. Although if I leave them with the tablet too long in combat, they won't hit the A button. So they'll go through all my like battle cards and I have to like, I got to go back to the shop and spend a bunch of money and buy a bunch more cards. And the guy's like, oh, you're back again. It's like, yeah, I love the kids. <laughs> it was the kids. <laughs> it was the kids. Don't worry. They're, they're, they're obviously allowed to do the cards and pick the cards and they paint. I say, pick the cards paint them, swipe them up, but give me back the tablet so I can do the actual combat. So we don't, we're not here all, we're not wasting all our cards, but uh, sometimes I'm, sometimes I, I'm not paying attention and I look back and I'm like, oh, we, we have no cards left. That's great. And you use the giant fan again. We just got it back. <laughs> we needed that. Uh, all right. I guess we'll traverse this level again, but uh, I, we're having a great time. And um, I know we had discussed Paper Mario as well. I, I think uh, the next one will probably check out his uh thousand year door i've got my wii somewhere i'll that'll be a fun one to boot up because that is the last sort of quote-unquote traditional paper mario um and i had not played it so i feel like i'm i don't think nintendo's gonna remake it anytime soon so i might as well uh give it a fair shake yeah yeah so i mean i i think i've i've got it in a box somewhere and perfect <laughs> send it over to you because yeah a thousand year door is the only one that i had played uh prior to origami king so i'm glad the kids are so into it it's it's great to see caden getting into your hobby <laughs> mm, no they're both they're both loving it and uh, I'm, I'm glad we finally found a series that uh we can all sort of enjoy that isn't the paw patrol video game and i'm yeah no one <laughs> no one uh no one find a way to I'm trying to find a way not to have my kids discover there's a new paw patrol game coming out in november that i <laughs> really don't want to play <laughs> So we'll see. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then, I mean, if they're totally down for Origami King and Color Splash, they must love Fall Guys. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, so I wasn't going to pick up Fall Guys until we got closer to our Extra Life uh, streams. But I I did pick up Avengers and I knew I was going to 
possibly need PlayStation Plus to do multiplayer. So I figured, hey, this is a perfect opportunity to drop like $11 and get Fall Guys uh, for free because it requires PS Plus. I'll probably end up buying it on PC as well because the crossplay is kind of a far, weird, unknown time away from now. But uh, yeah, yeah, that game is a riot. That is so much fun. And I was skeptical. Like I figured these sort of battle royale games I'm terrible at and I hate losing because I feel like everyone's just better than me. But but this game just I, I actually won some games, which was wild. you got the crown. Yeah, like twice. What? Like, what? Second or third. I have, I have never won. It's, 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 I'm it's, terrible. It's not that hard to win. Like, I think you just you. it's luck of the draw. OK, Ryan. It's, no, hear me out on this. It's not that hard to win by continuing to, you know, keep trying to keep doing episodes. Right. And eventually you get that lucky draw where the last uh mini game isn't a race or sort of a, a a thing that can be um cheesed by pulling on someone and 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 having you fall off and them not i i had a couple of those and those are frustrating because you feel like okay from a skill-based perspective i can jump over and avoid these things no problem what i can't do is deal with the with the idiot who's like grabbing me at the last minute and interrupting my jump so I get swatted off the platform. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is frustrating, but also kind of fun. But uh, well, the one where I won, I found that it was, uh, it's one where you have to avoid falling in the slime, but it's like a bunch of, um, a bunch of levels. And when you the step- hexagon one. Yeah. When, when you, you step on them, then the, the platform disappears and you have to kind of like run around and try not to fall. Exactly that one. And there yep. is a- there's obviously a lot of different ways to do it, but um, I decided, okay, first of all, I'm just going to try to stay at the top level as long as possible. Then I look down and I see, oh, someone's n- notoriously gone to the very bottom level and is like slowly picking away at the bottom level strategically on his own. So <laughs> I ended up staying above for so long, just me and this other guy. And then I fell and uh, fell through a couple layers because I had been up for so long. And then I actually landed on the bottom layer and I I ended up staying alive longer than he did because he had kind of painted himself into a corner. But that game, that game is so fun. And the kids love it. It's a, again, they're just screaming at the TV. Not a great game to play <laughs> when we're supposed to be quiet. Like Paper Mario is a quiet game when Isabel's sleeping yeah. and like I can hang out with, with the other two while, uh, while we're trying to make sure Isabel stays asleep. But Fall Guys, like, they're yelling. They love the fact that, like, I'm not going to be able to change my costume because I'm, like, half wolf, half pigeon. So <laughs> if if they... Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. The great American widgeon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, A majestic bird wolf. <laughs> I, you know what? It it works. And a lot of people are going for the hot dog costume. I'm like, no, I'm sticking with the widgeon. I like that. I'm going to stick with the widgeon. The kids will love it, too. Uh, I'll try to convince them it's a real animal because um, that's <laughs> half the fun of having kids. Uh, I it's so good, and I I feel like this is the first time I've played something where I was like I actively am interested in progressing through like a battle pass scenario and seasons. Seasons are going to be key for that game because I feel if if you're playing it like once every other night or so, you're going to get a little tired of the of the games and what they're offering. But even so, I'm 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 treating it sort of as like a treat, like maybe once every couple nights, pump, you know, jump in, do a couple of episodes, jump out, and then when they add new content, that'll be great. But 
I I think they've got a good balance right now, but I could see if you're playing it constantly, you know, and obviously it's a game targeted to streamers. If you're like Fortnite being asked to play this every night for four hours a night, yeah, it's going to get long in the tooth. And maybe the new season coming, I think in October, late September is, is a, you know, quite a distance away. But in terms of just a casual pop in and out, it's so much fun. So if you can get it, on any platform it's available, PS4 or PC, definitely pick it up. And it's a great sort of like, I've got 30 minutes, jump in, do a couple episodes, probably, you know, bash my head against a couple doors in a fun way. But <laughs> it's so good. And I'm, I'm glad I gave it a shot because I was kind of like hesitant. I was waiting probably until there was a, you know, like an extra live stream where I would have to pick it up because we would we would have to play it. It's so fun, right? But yeah, it's 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 a great game. And you also mentioned that you picked up Avengers. I did. Um, I picked up Avengers. Uh, I, I I think we talked about it. I had like a pre-order. It was a discount. You did have your pre-order. Yeah, I wasn't sure if you were going to cancel or change it or what. So. Yeah, I managed to swap it to the PS4. I uh, I, had, I had an Xbox version and I called Best Buy and I'm like, hey, I, I kind of want this game. Uh, but I want the PS4 version because basically because Spider-Man. It's, well, it's, <laughs> it's 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 the game. It's the version with the better content. Like, yes, it's exclusives. Yes, it's it sucks. But at this rate, like I didn't have a choice in the matter. It was kind of one of those things where I have the platform. I might as well go that route. Like me not me taking a stand and buying it on a different platform is only going to punish. You're only me. hurting you. Yeah. 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 Like <laughs> Sony has their their grip on spider-man i don't think that's going to change and uh at least for this specific game but uh also i was kind of i was kind of hearing more and more about the campaign that it's actually more of a fully you know fledged out avengers campaign and that's what i've been doing is just kind of poking around in the campaign i'm quite enjoying it you know it's uh it's an avengers campaign it's it's what i asked for in that i wanted a a linear campaign featuring these these marvel characters and i i really do believe that if you're if you're interested in in the marvel characters the marvel universe and uh yeah it that's that that is a requirement for this game if you don't if you have a passing interest even in these characters you're probably going to bounce off this game in the sense that they have these characters and they kind of are similar to the MCU like that's my knowledge of these Marvel characters but mm-hmm. th- it's we're far enough removed from Endgame that most of the characters they're throwing at you like Captain America, Black Widow, Iron Man, Thor it's nice to see a new take because we've had the same ish take for the last 10 12 years right and like I said it's And similar, was it but- actually different because that was my big thing with um the game the Avengers game is I was like I just finished this like 20 whatever year journey that was the MCU, like the the cinematic universe. And I was just like, I this story looks exactly the same. Like Avengers do a thing. There's some big collateral damage and then they end up getting outlawed or whatever. Like that looked like what the game was, the story the game was telling too. And I was mm-hmm. like, man, we just did this in Civil War. Like... <laughs> what's going on it's uh i'm not gonna say it's vastly different because it isn't i mean these are still these characters are still based on their marvel uh comic counterpart right they come from a source and yeah captain america still throws his shield thor still does the more me dot gif 
thing and uh iron man is is still sassy right uh, you know they're all all those character archetypes that you remember from the mcu and the comics are there however they do play around with the story a bit like i was right there with you concerned that okay it was just a rehashing of civil war <laughs> well, well not even that like literally endgame like we just watched mm. endgame then a month later they uh, unveiled avengers and it's comically like hilariously how they portrayed it as like oh it's this big event everyone's celebrating the avengers and then this uh, you know this catastrophic event happens and five years later uh and the avengers are disbanded and we're living in this dystopian world where everyone no one's happy you know except for the oppressors yeah. <laughs> and it's like i we just did this uh did these guys not like did marvel maybe say hey at least maybe use a different time span like five years is almost <laughs> It was too close at that moment, and I think until I finally played it and realized, like, yes, there is that five years later, there is this catastrophic event that is blamed on the Avengers, which is very close to what happened in Infinity War, although the Avengers were still very much around. It's not like humanity had a choice. They kind of needed someone to stick around. Um, but uh, in this game, after those five years, and something they didn't, they didn't portray in the beta that immediately I loved immediately is that you're controlling Kamala Khan. That's your focus point. So Miss Marvel, a character that hasn't been explored in the MCU just yet. Um, and a lot of people are familiar with from the comics. I am not. And she is sort of portrayed as this Avengers, you know, uh, fan who's coming to this event. She's interacting with these Avengers in a way that if you were a huge fan and, and got to interact with Captain America, you would react the same way. Right. And it, it felt it felt like a really interesting way to uh to introduce the story something that was not at all present in the beta which kind of left me wondering if this was going to not be my my cup of tea but when in that first level as you're controlling Kamala Khan and you're being introduced to the avengers in this world it, it you you feel like okay maybe maybe i can get behind this story and really enjoy um this telling of uh from the perspective of Kamala Khan. So as you move forward and you get the event and then you discover the 5 years later, that's where it, it immediately shows where it differs, right? The beta was very similar to Endgame, like you're on this mission to re, you know, reunite the Avengers after this tragic loss, but in the main game when you play it literally and you go through it, it's it's much different in that they've introduced the Inhumans, the Terrigen gas has been released and they basically add mutants to the world which again is something that we haven't explored in the mcu mm. yet um there's been a bit of it in shield but um so it's very close to what they kind of did there with the terrigen gas but even then it was not that's shield not a lot of not a lot of people hold that in it's good show but yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. But, but in this so is yeah. is miss marvel different than captain marvel Yes, yeah, Miss Marvel. Okay. So Miss Marvel is, you know, in the comics, she's got sort of the Mister Fantastic sort of polymorph, stretchy arm, uh, so she can kind of stretch around and and make you know her fists really big. So she kind of plays like uh, a little bit like Hulk, but more agile. Like she can kind of move around. Hulk is this big, you know, basically a giant brick wall. Hulk. That is, yeah, well, <laughs> you know, I don't have to explain it to anybody, really. You're right. Um, it's Hulk, but but Miss Marvel is more like an agile Hulk that can kind of like do the big kicks and the big punches, but can also then step out of the way, uh, very um, gracefully, right? Um, so in this, uh, it's very much established. Um, Kamala Khan's a huge fan of the Avengers, and right off the bat, 
you uh, you find out like she is heavily inspired by by Captain Marvel, which is you know uh, true to the comics. They, they have posters of Captain Marvel. She tells uh, Thor that, or maybe Cap- she tells Captain America she's a huge fan of of uh, Captain Mar- Marvel, and she's oh she would love to meet you. She's not here. She's off world. I'll let her know you you were here. I'll tell you about her. It was. It's it's one of those things where it's like from a from a Marvel standpoint, you're being fed a lot of great fan service similar to those Batman games. Like you're getting the references, you're getting the character interactions. Um where I'm a little worried about the campaign is that you do get these moments of of single player campaign goodness where you're doing the missions, you're getting the story progression, it all feels great. And then it then they kind of hit the brakes a little bit and then they say like, "Hey, Here's like a training mission you can go do. Here's like a drop zone mission. And, and occasionally they introduce these like what I was worried about with the Destiny progression quests where it's like do five of these missions, six of these missions. And it, it kind of throws you. I don't know if it's I think it could just be bad design is that it's starting to surface the games as a service stuff. And it kind of mm. interrupts my flow a little bit um, to a weird perspective where like you can hit X to continue to the next campaign mission or you can go back to the war table and pick like different missions that are around so there is the campaign which is the reassemble objective but occasionally you can kind of get led astray down some of the side paths like trying to punch a bunch of stuff with hulk or complete a bunch of missions with uh miss marvel but if i'm mainlining the campaign I i am enjoying it um and i'm looking forward to seeing kind of how they address adding new characters because they you see references to hawkeye and uh and him being part of the avengers but not being around so they talk a little bit about that so um it'll be interesting to see how they support the game and i i hope it's a mix and not just uh now that the campaign's done here's hawkeye and then here's like a checklist games as a service type content you know i want i want story content you know i want more campaign from a games as a service perspective, I I am content with the money I've invested to play the ten to twelve hour campaign and then maybe dip my toe into the games as a service. But I know once I get into that games as a service, I will probably drop the game until yeah the next hero. And that's and, not why you you picked it, right? That's not why you decided to play it. Yeah, no, I I, I picked it up for the campaign, and uh, and when that's done, I am perfectly happy to to step away from the game for a little bit. And I mean, we're not going to have to wait long for the first hero. I think uh, Hawkeye is due... No, Kate Bishop is due in October, and then Hawkeye is November. So they've got two heroes lined up for the next two months, and I believe uh, I believe Black Panther is on the way as well. Maybe not in 2020, but mm. early 2021. That was something that they teased in the uh, in the recent... Or the, the launch War Table video thing they did. So... yeah. Um, yeah, it's very uh, cool. I got to get more time in it, obviously, because I'm I'm maybe like three or four hours in, but um, I'm enjoying it so far with low expectations. My expectations are like medium, you know, medium low. So <laughs> you got to love Marvel. A ringing, a ringing endorsement. Well, I mean, <laughs> with medium to low expectations, this game is okay. <laughs> I, I mean, if you go in with high expectations, like this is not this is not Arkham Asylum this is not level the game for you. You know. Uh, <laughs> fan service you know licensed content like they do their avengers they do the marvel content and they've set up this world but there are there are cracks in the game there are bugs some of the characters are are less well realized especially when they're mcu characters so they introduced hank pym 
and who is who is the original Ant-Man in the MCU. And it's kind of like they, you're introduced to him and it's like, OK, this is Hank Pym, but he's not as charismatic as mm. um, is it is it Michael? No. Who's the guy? Uh, Michael Douglas, is it that plays him in? Anyways, the guy who plays <laughs> Hank Pym in the MCU, it he doesn't even compare, not even to uh, the the. That's, person a, that's a pretty high bar, though. <laughs> it is a high bar, but that is the that is what and you've yes, got to deal it is, with. with it's Michael content. Douglas. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what you got to deal with: licensed content. You know, you when you do a Batman game, you have to. They had to live up to those Christian Bale movies. That was just mm-hmm. the comparison at the time, and I and I I don't really cut them slack for that, but. When you have this Hank Pym character come in and he's just like, yeah, like they did something to me and now I can't use my powers or I'll die. And it's like, great. So you removed one of the coolest (laughs) things about this character, you know, uh, again, very early on. But it's weird. Sometimes you have these like they did Miss Marvel and Kamala Khan really well. Uh, All the original Avengers are growing on me. Black Widow's great. Hulk's great. uh, Thor, Iron Man. Uh, it's all great but sometimes they they have introduced a couple characters it's like oh he's just like this robot guy you know hank pym's not ant-man he's just got a bunch of robots he's he's as smart as tony stark but he's not a he's not as scrappy i guess he's he's been he's had his wings clipped and it's it's a little little lame i don't know but Mm -hmm. uh I'll, i'll stick with it see where it goes and i'll report back when i finish the campaign wonderful well, if you guys want to hear more about Ryan's adventures, make sure the Gamers Inn continues. I'm just kidding. We're not going anywhere. But you can support us if you'd like to over at patreon.com slash the Gamers Inn. We are currently looking for our September patrons. So if you want to get shout outs for the entire month of September, then head on over to patreon.com slash the Gamers Inn. That brings us to the news portion of the show. And we finally got it, Ryan. Yay. We finally got it. The... Super Mario Brothers 30th anniversary direct event from Nintendo happened and they confirmed like every rumor that we heard earlier in 2020. And then I I don't know about you, but I kind of forgot about, I'll be honest, because I feel like we had rumors of remasters and remakes like crazy in, I want to say like March or April. And then, I mean... You didn't really hear anything more. And then the year was going by and it's like, well, it's the anniversary. Like, is this going to happen or not? Well, it's happening, you guys. And the big, big story here is um, the Super Mario 3D All-Stars title. So it's going to be one purchase that includes remastered versions of Super Mario Sunshine, Super Mario Galaxy, and... Drum roll, please. Super Mario 64, which is the greatest Mario game ever. <laughs> this, uh, this is one of those things I was alluding to earlier when it comes to a remaster where they, they, they haven't done um, a lot to these titles. Yeah. They've packaged them. Um, I believe the N64 one is up res, but is still going to run at 4x3. Um, that was what I've, what I've seen in the trailers anyways. But I think... Super Mario Sunshine has been ex- uh, Super Mario Sunshine and, and uh, Super Mario Galaxy has been updated to run at sixteen by nine, which is the current sort of uh, yes. resolution we're used to. But um, and I could be wrong about the N sixty four one, but it's one of those things where they've just I had them. totally forgotten that I played Super Mario Galaxy on like a four by three like old school like 
TV. It came out when I was still in college. Mm. And so like I didn't have I didn't have money. I didn't have like, you know, a whole new uh, like a, a flat screen, a 16 by 9 like widescreen TV. Like I had my same old TV that I bought with like my very first job when I was 16 sort of thing that I had been playing Nintendo games on. And yeah, so that's that's all I had. So I when I played through Galaxy, I 100% played it on a four by three resolution TV. Yeah, I completely forgot. <laughs> well, it's it's funny, like we've we've grown so accustomed to widescreen content. Yeah. That, uh, and, you know, Nintendo is one of those things that uh, that adapts to technology uh, a platform behind right so they they probably weren't doing tr- well they weren't doing true hd until the wii u right um so everything that was released previous to the wii u was running on a lower resolution and you see that in some of the original screen grabs of of super mario sunshine and and super mario galaxy but this being released as a this shouldn't surprise anyone as an 80 dollar package i'm gonna buy it of course because i love of course all these games everyone actually it's they all represent a different sort of era right of not only a platform of nintendo but also my life and when i was playing games like the wii was the first console i purchased for myself um without you know partial ownership with my brothers right (laughs) it was my console and uh that was that was a big deal. The GameCube was shared. The N64 was shared. And we joined the N64 late. I remember borrowing an N64 with Super Mario 64 from a friend because we didn't have it. Uh, yeah, I remember like I would go over to a friend's house and it would be like, you know, summer, which in Canada is a really big deal because like you don't get warm, sunny weather. <laughs> so and it was just like, well, what do you want to do? It's like, oh, we're we're playing Super Mario 64. Like that's that's what we're doing. We're going to sit inside all day, all Saturday and just we're going to play Super Mario. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Super Mario Sunshine was one of those games where it was one of the first times I remember you know, being connected to that online world and people saying like, oh, this is like a gimmicky Mario, blah, blah, blah. It's not that it's not as great as 64 as a, in terms of a follow up. And I remember playing it. And I'm like, I don't know. It's more Mario. This is great. Like, yeah, I liked Sunshine a lot. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things where I, I it look was at quirky. These, it very much so. And there were moments where they offered uh, there was a there was a moment where your your pack gets stolen for certain bonus levels. And I remember playing those and like, I got to find all of these because this is like traditional Mario where I'm not relying on a water jetpack. I'm able to jump and platform in true Super Mario 64 fashion. Yeah. Uh, so I just, I saw, I, and I saw this, these announcements and I, I watched them with, uh, with Caden and Abigail and they were over the moon. They can't wait to check these games out and play them and, and they'll be in a more playable fashion. And the fact that it's a full price including these three games and yeah there's not a ton of work done to them but it allows me to play for the first time since release super mario sunshine and super mario galaxy like i haven't played either of those games um since release and i don't even think i have a way i don't even think i own sunshine at this point you can't get it this is the first time it's been re-released in a way that you can easily pick it up so 
Yeah, I think I still have my copies just because I never got rid of any of my games. So I'm sure it's sitting in my Nintendo box that I have to find so that I can get you my thousand year door copy. But yeah, 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 Uh, no, it's it's it hasn't been kind of widely available. And so we should talk about availability a little bit because they're basically the 35th anniversary runs through until March. And they've said Super Mario 3D All-Stars is only going to be available until March, which again is, is kind of interesting. I understand that they want to keep this as like maybe like a special edition in terms of like if you want to go buy like an in-person copy, but I find it so weird that they're going to end like digital sales. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, that just seems so weird. <laughs> it is there's a so there, there's two weird points and uh, when it comes to this collection you're right like the availability of a physical product usually when it comes to a nintendo special physical product there's one run you have to pre-order to get it to get it if you don't pre-order it you got to go to the store on, on launch and hope they have an extra copy so from that perspective it's it's also interesting for them to say this this game will only be available till march 31st so is that like are they going to have this on shelves until March 31st? Because that is different from the way Nintendo has normally done these sort of collections. Um, but then you look at... Are the they di- only shipping like one group? Because I would assume you print it once, you ship it, and then you sell it till it's sold out. And like, I would be surprised if the, if any stores had it past Christmas. Yeah. Well, it's 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 a weird conundrum like that's where nintendo would normally yes do one run but then you've got the the most popular nintendo platform in a long time three of the most popular mario games from the 3d era and you've got a collection like that just sells everything you know it's the number it's the number two game on amazon already and it's not even out yet and the the number one is Animal Crossing. Like Nintendo is running at an all time high right now, and I they should be sell. What they should have announced is a like Super Mario version of the Switch hardware that came preloaded with this thing. Hmm. Well, it wouldn't surprise me if we get that at some point. Um, maybe maybe closer to uh, next gen console launches to say like, hey, here's a new bundle. It's going to be available for Black Friday. Um, they they usually do some sort of bundle like that, uh, but you're right. It would be, it would have been a good time to announce it with all this other stuff. But when it comes to the digital sort of, we're taking it off the store on March 31st. A lot of people are like, "Oh, Nintendo, that's so weird." And I think if they just do that, yes, that's definitely an "Oh, Nintendo, that's so weird" moment. But if they're doing this, there is some chatter in Discord. I think Void Kronos was saying this, like if they take it down as a complete package and then sell the games individually so that you have like this is you can only get the bundle until the end of March uh, 31st. I see. And then after that they'll be available like you could just go buy Sunshine. Yeah, go buy Sunshine for $30 and each of them are but then then the I don't think the value is equally split three ways when when you when you look at this package like maybe maybe it's $30 each for the GameCube and Wii game but then Super Mario 64 is 20 like that maybe that's a little more realistic but it's probably just at own Nintendo you're so weird because they also completely ignored Super Mario Galaxy 2 like yeah across the board (laughs) 
I saw you get so upset about that because they even when they were saying like, you know, because they talked about all of the other things that they were making available. So um, like Super Mario Brothers, Lost Levels, Super Mario Brothers 2 and 3 are all going to be or are all already available uh, to buy on Nintendo Switch Online. So they had this like splash screen at the end that was like, look at all the Mario stuff we've made in the last 35 years. And you're right. Galaxy T was just not there. Yeah. <laughs> like not even like we're not doing an update of this or whatever, blah, blah. Like here's everything Mario. Galaxy just wasn't there. <laughs> and, and this is the wild part. Like, again, you can look at that and be like, oh, Nintendo, that's really weird. Or it's it's this oh nintendo that's weird and they're omitting it because like and here's a surprise for everybody who owns super mario 3d all-stars you can give us an extra 20 bucks and you can download it as an expansion you know i think if you take the time to up-res super mario galaxy super mario galaxy 2 is is built on that same tech like it's not hit a button and it's done so i understand from a you know covid situation doing maybe that just it was left on the cutting room floor. Um, you could see them revisiting it at some point. Cause again, it, it's weird. It's almost like it took extra effort to ignore it. And maybe they felt <laughs> it's like, well, if we put it in there, people are going to be asking about it. So let's just not put it in there and hope no one notices at all. And just forgets it exists. So we don't have to deal with the thousands of where's super Mario galaxy two. And in classic Nintendo <laughs> fashion, everyone picks up on it right away. And Nintendo just, just goes silent on it obviously they're not going to respond to that sort of stuff but it's like you have to have an answer to that like i would have just put it in there and been like yeah we're focusing on these three the sequel did happen it's a great sequel um but it's not in this collection like i can understand not including it but completely omitting it from your 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 infographic and the here's a snippet from every mario game (laughs) like what yeah doesn't make any sense maybe they yeah maybe super mario galaxy 2 just isn't canon and they just don't want to talk about it they just yeah no Uh, i don't know (laughs) when they when they expanded on the non-canon stuff they included like super mario plus rabbits so yeah (laughs) they could have they could have thrown it in there like i can understand it not being canon but like i don't know it's uh yeah it was definitely a weird choice and the weird choices and surprises just kept coming because they also introduced super mario brothers 35 which is basically like as close as a platformer is going to get to a battle royale <laughs> oh, I, I cannot wait to play this looks so fun ah man i can't wait this is this is another really again weird slash interesting choice because it's going to disappear at the end of march i don't know again i don't know why unless they just want people to get their playtime in and they're worried about not having enough players to to queue in against or something but Essentially, you play Super Mario Brothers, except for you're playing with 34 other people. Your screen is big in the middle, and then you can see everybody else's progress on the sides. And as you defeat enemies on your screen, they get sent to other people's screens, which I think is really cool because it's like prevents you from just like memorizing a level and and speed running basically it's like there you're always going to have depending on the pacing of the other people in your lobby your game's always going to be different like 
the the base enemies are going to be the same but then all of a sudden you're going to get all of these crazy things like you're going to have like bosses and you're going to have like squids when you're not in an underwater level and you know like so many things to contend with it looks like absolute insanity and it looks like so much fun but um yeah it's just it's interesting <laughs> like it's just it's kind of it's kind of weird and i never would have thought of this no and and totally not required at all like they could have just had the remasters and it's weird that nintendo will again this we've is said weird and bizarre like 18 times in the I last know. five minutes but this <laughs> but is this, this was this announcement just threw me right off i was like wait what for so many things yeah like well, mario karts racing around my living room this is, okay <laughs> it's uncharacteristic in the sense that nintendo doesn't usually go this all out and i know it's mario but it's one of those things where it's you sometimes they completely ignore anniversaries and it's and it shows i was gonna say i don't remember them doing something like because obviously 30 years of mario would have just been five years ago and i, I don't remember them going crazy for the 30th year like yeah. Is 35 some sort of like magic number? I like, for, is there a reason why this is so sub significant? I don't think so. Uh, I think it's at, like five year chunks. I know for 30 and uh, 30 for Mario and 25 for Zelda, they did like a line of those uh, those eight bit amiibos. Um, and I think Mario Maker was coming out that year. So that was a big mm. deal for 30. But it i think it just comes down to nintendo being like here's our all our ideas and it gives them a chance to 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 bring new content to the switch and they announced they're doing a deluxe version of super mario 3d world which is a fantastic mario game that a lot of people did not play because it was on the wii u um but instead of just a yeah i did not play it <laughs> yeah and you should totally play it on the switch because it's a fantastic it looks really game. cool and then i was like oh my god they're all in cat suits what even is this this is amazing <laughs> it's superb the cat suit is uh one of the best new additions to the mario arsenal so you're you're gonna dig it and uh there's a cat bowser and there's an epic cat fight so Oh my god. It's pretty great. And <laughs> Well, yeah, cuz yeah. like I looked at it and I was like, what is this Super Mario 3D World because it looked like a fully fleshed out Mario game and I'm like, how on earth did I miss this? Like how did I not play this game? And it's cuz it, like I just I missed the entire Wii U. Like I never owned one. Matt owned one, so when we moved in together, it was the very end of like the Wii U lifespan, but like so I did have it for that little brief window in time before we moved on to, you know, bigger and better and newer consoles. But um yeah, Super Mario 3D World was never on my radar. <laughs> well, you And I was very confused cuz it looked like a, a fully fledged awesome game. Yeah, it is uh it's a fully fledged awesome Mario game and they're going to have a new expansion tacked onto it uh called Bowser's Fury. Uh, a lot of people are like photoshopping an extra R in there because of the cat suits. So um <laughs> oh, missed opportunity. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, probably. Um yeah, I think so. It looks interesting that expansion. They didn't obviously didn't talk a lot about it. They just showed some really o ominous sort of worlds and it looks kind yeah. of reminded me of like the dungeons and the way they're presented in uh in zelda you know kind of like rising from the ground and the arches and the gates and stuff but mm -hmm. obviously we don't know too much about that but you had talked about the 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 live action mario kart which is 
like an augmented reality version of Mario Kart where you buy a real life Mario Kart toy and then you set up a track and uh, you race it. You're not even looking at the cart. You're looking at the screen and you're racing it around your room. I don't I don't think this is for me. I don't like it's cool, <laughs> but I don't I don't want it. I don't think I want it. Yeah, it's like over 100 bucks, too. It's expensive. Yeah, yeah. So that also is is something else that was announced. And yeah, I think we're we're probably going to skip it just because yeah, that's it's a really, really high price tag. And another thing that I can't decide if I'm going to get it or not, but they also came out with the or they're coming out with the Super Mario Brothers on a game and watch system. And Ryan, I don't know if you ever had a game and watch, but this was literally my very first video game. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> mine uh, was mine was like a, a, a gray and like a light blue. Like it wasn't the these like kind of like beige and red that this one is that this version is. But yeah. Mine, and it wasn't color. It was, it was, you know, like black and white basically. But yeah, that was my, I got it. I was probably like seven or eight years old, I think. And it was like, it was my first like handheld video game. I used to play it on the way to the cottage all the time <laughs> in mm. the car. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'd, so, uh, I, my experience with Game & Watch was, I think, one of the first WarioWare games had sort of throwbacks to Game & Watch. So I didn't, didn't know a lot about Game and Watch. I had never played it when it originally came out, but um, I will I will definitely pick this up because uh, it's gonna have Super Mario Brothers and Super Mario Brothers Lost Lost uh, Lost Levels, which is the Japanese sequel. Um, right, and those are fully playable on this thing. It's got the D pad, the BA, and then it'll also operate as like a watch. You know, Game and Watch. Um, yeah, that's the watch part. <laughs> that's the watch part. You had to have it in there. So it's going to be one of these things that I'll play the Mario game that I own on so many different platforms, maybe once or twice, and then it'll actually have a function where I can set it on my desk and it'll be like a it'll be like a clock. So yeah, <laughs> it's a win in my book. Uh, it can tell yeah. time and play video games. Whoa. And yeah, it's, it's not expensive I... either. So it's like I think it's like fifty US. I think they're talking about. So yeah so and that's the thing and that's the reason why this this was like the the compromise right was um like my family didn't have a lot of money when i was growing up and so you know this was a big deal like they couldn't get me couldn't afford a game boy couldn't afford you know most things but uh yeah super mario game and watch was was one was one thing that they could so yeah i have very very fond memories of these game and watch uh systems so i'm probably gonna pick one up just for the the nostalgia and honestly like i i do not know what happened to it i don't know where it is or what like it literally is like 30 years old at this point so like i I don't know, but like it makes me want to like try and find it and put a battery in it and see if it still works because man, I loved that thing <laughs> so much. Um, I think that was pretty much it for the the highlights of the um, Nintendo Direct, uh, the Super Mario 35 year Nintendo Direct. Um, we have the link in the show notes if you guys have missed the announcement video somehow, if you're living under a rock because the internet went a little bit crazy last week. But um, yeah, that's that's pretty much everything from that anniversary event and speaking of nintendo uh today they just kind of went hey guess what um we're making a prequel to uh breath of the wild 
it's not an actual Zelda game. It's a Hyrule Warriors game, but you know, you it's got like it's got dialogue, it's got cinematics, like it's the story of the calamity from a hundred years before Breath of the Wild, which is pretty cool. And they just went, Yep, we're doing this. Here you go. Done. <laughs> it was a wild thing to witness because I thought it was a joke because I just got the notification like, hey, this game is coming out. And the tweet reads is sort of a prequel. And then they talk and then you see the Hyrule Warriors uh, sort of moniker title. Uh, and I think it's a, yeah, it's a good Yeah, I just fit. skimmed it because it was like, I thought it was just like a, a DLC or something mm -hmm. for Hyrule Warriors. So I got an email about it today and I was like, oh, okay, whatever, you know, like delete. I'll do but I didn't realize that it's like a full like cinematic sequel yeah. or sorry not sequel prequel well that's the crazy part about it is i remember hyrule warriors i remember enjoying it mainly from a perspective of the gameplay was was uh, a sort of a laid back monotonous get it done just relaxed type situation but it had a bunch of zelda stuff in it so it was very fancy, yeah and you got to like kill a whole bunch of people all at once which was really fun it was a lot of fun <laughs> it and, was very satisfying yeah and then with this, it's sort of taking that same gameplay, which I which I did like in um, smaller do doses, and I'm I'm glad I haven't played one in a few years. I played the Fire Emblem Warriors one, and I'm I'm fine to go back and play this one when it comes out uh, November twentieth. But the uh, what I was surprised, I kind of watched the announcement, but I didn't get to watch the content, the trailer, until later on in the day. And when I watched the actual game, I was like impressed with how close yeah. this looks to breath of the wild from an artistic standpoint because not that hyrule warriors didn't didn't look but it was kind of its own style so seeing breath of the wild look and feel in the hyrule warriors gameplay was kind of like okay i'm all in and i'm glad they're telling this story I'm glad they're still working on Breath of the Wild 2. They made sure to mention that in the video. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a replacement, but it I was just so impressed with the way it looked and felt like a game of different gameplay, but very much fits within that Breath of the Wild feel. So I'm excited to I'm excited to play this. I didn't think I would be excited for a, a Warriors game in 2020, but uh, this is such a weird <laughs> and wacky well, way to revive that story, right? Yeah, and I feel like um, I I really understand and agree with their logic here because, I mean, one of my problems with Breath of the Wild was that it felt so empty. And when they were talking about it, they're like, yeah, what fits the story of the Calamity is, you know, like two giant armies clashing and Breath of the Wild or a game like that doesn't necessarily do it as much justice as a warrior style game, which I was just kind of like, yeah, like when I saw the actual like in-game footage, when they were showing off some of the different um, characters moves and stuff, I was like, that looks a whole lot more like a champion in a battlefield. And like, I don't even know if they could do that in Breath of the Wild because Breath of the Wild was so wildly different hmm. so you know like when i saw it pl like playing out like you said similar art style like i couldn't even 100 percent tell that i was in a, a warriors game instead of in breath of the wild like they nailed the art style and then watching the combat play out i'm like yeah if you had like it feels like they really nailed the fantasy of having some stronger than everybody else heroic character 
able to take on, you know, 15 to 20 enemies at a time in the middle of a battlefield that's full of like a thousand like that. Just it nailed that heroic warrior fantasy so well that I was like, man, I can't wait to play this and and see the story and, you know, have some good gameplay that actually like fits what they're what they're kind of going for. And like, you guys know how I've been not necessarily down on Breath of the Wild, but very much like, you know, it was okay. It was a game that I played. I wouldn't want to go back and do it again. Like, you know, that's basically my Zelda attitude when it comes to Breath of the Wild. And this got me excited about Breath of the Wild and not only its story, because it seems like they're actually, you know, fully telling a story, <laughs> but then also um, just getting excited for the the sequel that's that's coming out, you know, in, in a couple of years, whenever, whenever it gets done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'm excited about the franchise again, which is something I didn't think that they could do. <laughs> this was a big surprise for me i honestly yeah. did not see this coming and i think you're right a prequel in this style and this gameplay works really well for that specific moment in breath of the wild yeah. in the breath of the wild timeline so it's it's kind of weird like is breath of the wild gonna be the first zelda game that has three chapters <laughs> to it like <laughs> i know ocarina and majora's mask are somewhat connected and there is like a loose timeline kind of putting them all together but this is a really neat way when i first saw this i thought oh this is a graphic novel or something but no it's it's a video game that's built in the in the warriors sort of style but i'm just impressed with how they were able to to make this look so much like breath of the wild and um yeah i'm this is the game my big november purchase i guess <laughs> yeah uh, and speaking of surprises i saw this kind of breaking last night uh pretty late at night actually and uh basically what happened was the xbox series x was leaked and we got images we got pricing and everything and so then uh xbox came out today and it was like all right well this is a terribly kept secret so how about we just officially announce it so we are getting the xbox series s for uh 300 us november 10th now this is the disk drive free lower powered version of the next gen console mm -hmm. Yeah, it uh, it's got it. So there's some interesting stuff about it. Like it's still it talks about the fact that it is the the all digital next gen console. It's going to have the faster load times, the seamless switching between games, the higher frame rates um, and sort of support the same technology that the Series X is doing with uh, the SSD and the way it it delivers content. But the biggest difference that I've seen outside of the, the lack of a disk drive was the size of the the drive being 512 gigabytes. Yeah, the SSD. size of the yeah the the drive itself is smaller. Yeah. yeah. And uh, but they but they talk rather than 4K 120 frames, they they say will support 1440p resolution up to 120 frames per second, which honestly is is a is kind of a good uh, what most people aim for these days. Like my PC obviously doesn't like 1440 is the resolution that I aim for. Um, it's what most most games drop them their performance down to to kind of offer that true performance mode. Um, speaking of Avengers, they have like on the PS4 Pro, if you switch to performance mode, it lowers the resolution but runs at a higher frame rate. So mm. in this instance, 1440p at 120 frames per second is probably going to be fine for most folks. Um, but they do say 
that'll be able to upscale games to 4K and stream media at 4K. So you are getting a 4K box from a media perspective. It I don't understand. I think what they're doing when they say upscale games to 4K is it's just it's it's going to display the games at in on in 4K on 4K <laughs> like <laughs> I I think in 4K resolution. Yes, but it won't yeah. have that 120 frame per spe- per second sort of uh capability. Target. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it has everything else like direct x ray tracing, variable rate shading, um insert text stuff here like it it feels <laughs> very much like they are there this is this is yes, it's going to cost less, it's smaller than the Series X, but it's not so far of a jump down that it immediately becomes brushed away as the quote-unquote cheaper option, right? This feels like a less expensive option that is not throwing away a lot of the technology. Like, yes, you're probably going to have to buy an expansion um, uh, thing for it so that you can download more than two games, but this is a great entry point. Yeah, it it does. And so it feels like it's part of the same generation as the series x not as the current xbox one right like this this isn't like the step in between this isn't a bridge or anything else like this is part of the next generation and will offer a lot of the same for the average consumer it'll have a lot of the same stuff now if you want you know um the future proofing and you want to be able to run things uh the best of the best and on the highest possible resolutions and fast and all the rest of it then you know the series x is still going to be your go-to but this is fine for people who you know maybe don't have like and this is kind of where my my next question is is gonna head is we have a 300 dollars us price point for the series s do we think that it's going to be significantly more now for the Series X? Because like you said, this has a lot of the same capabilities. There are some areas where it it is lacking in comparison to the Series X, but it is part of this next gen. So do we think that this points to like a $500 US Series X? Yeah. I think, or do you think it's going to be more than that still? I I think 500 US for the Series X is um is probably realistic. Uh I think I think anything more than 500 US is good. you're going to run into um issues of it if it costing too much. Uh and I think it's interesting that, that Microsoft has confirmed the price for their lower model. Uh, but I I don't believe that this lower model being revealed first in terms of pricing release dates. Actually, they actually gave a date, which was November 10th. Yeah, November 10th. Yeah. Which kind of begs the question, is this launching the same day as this? I would imagine it's the same day, but they haven't confirmed. I would that. imagine it would. Yeah, I, I would assume. And like you said, they haven't said anything about the Series X. Hmm. All of this stuff, like I said, was leaking last night at like midnight, 1 a.m. Eastern time. Like that's at least when I saw it. And uh, yeah, so very much so they they just came out and said, okay, yes, everything that leaked is true. And November 10th, I cannot imagine that they would have a next gen launch and, and be convincing us that this Series S is part of that next gen if they weren't also launching it alongside the Series X. 
Like, they, they, it's got to be the same day, right? Oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, unless they say, well, we're holding back the Series X for three months to to get a... It would be crazy Right, to... but if they're, if they're launching holiday, if they're launching November like they've been promising forever, then I would think, like, it would have to be the, the 10th. There's no way they go, like, the 10th and the 17th or the, you know, 10th and the 24th. Like, why? That would be crazy. So I think... November November 10th is going to be our next gen day. Um and so now uh what do you think that this means for PlayStation is the Xbox Series S in the same category as the discless version? I had to be ge- very careful of how I said that and that I enunciated. <laughs> yeah. Uh the discless version of the PS5 do you think that that's also going to fall in the $300 range or do you think we're we're looking at like PlayStation not decreasing the rest of the performance the way that Xbox has cuz Xbox kind of like the S does a few things less PlayStation it looked like was just the difference was you know disk drive or no disk drive so mm-hmm probably within i would think like 50 to 100 dollars of each other like i don't think it's going to be as big of a jump between the two playstation models as potentially uh we might see between the series s and the series x also just i wish there was a short form that didn't sound dirty for these consoles because you know i'm gonna mess it up (laughs) at some point in the near future as we're covering the next gen of xbox I'm going to say some dirty things and it's not going to be my fault. (laughs) It's because Xbox series X and series S is just, it's bad and I hate it. (laughs) And doing it on the show is fine because that's content, but doing it when you're discussing it with someone at work, who's like, what, what Xbox should I buy my, like, I get this all the time. Like what Xbox should I buy my, my kids? And then you're like, okay, now I need to really watch what I say, right? Yeah. It's not funny. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a problem. It's inappropriate. It's an and someone's going to call HR. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, like, I think when it comes to Sony, um, they there was some stuff that came out today, jokingly. So, like, there was a price difference between the discless version and the uh, <laughs> the disc version. Um, <laughs> and it was, uh, like, a $100 difference. Um I think that it now has to be a hundred dollar difference in order to kind of, because when you remove that disc drive, um, it's not just the fact that, oh, I just have to buy everything digitally and I have to buy a bigger hard drive. It's also, I can't resell my game. So saving a hundred dollars is supposed to convince folks like, okay, Sony's getting more of my money because I'm buying all digital, but I'm also not getting money back from my games that I invest in if, if they do, if they go that route. So it has to i think it has to be a hundred dollars for it to make sense for the consumer because if it's only 50 bucks like well i might as well just get the the disc version so that i have yeah. that option um but is it gonna is it gonna bring it down close to the xbox series s no i think it's gonna be probably 400 um for the for the disc the digital version let's just call it that the digital okay. version <laughs> and then 500 for the 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 disc version um, I kind of want to just make you say discless as many times yeah. as I can possibly do it, though, because, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what will happen? And I mean, Sony's been really quiet, so maybe they are. Uh, yeah. Anyways, um, I think that when it comes to these these consoles, uh, I, I just want to know all the information so we can get past this sort of staring contest. And I, I really felt like 
if this was the Series X that had their price and release date sort of leaked, we would have got all the information and then a couple days later Sony would have would have told us cuz again like we're we're getting into mid September territory where pre-orders have to go live it's like now right uh, yeah, like it's I, wild this is this is probably i mean this has got to be the longest we've ever waited mm-hmm. for information about i mean like we covered the PlayStation pre-orders um i get was it last week or the week before how they were like making you line up for a chance to pre-order. And it's just like, I don't know if it's because of they're having, you know, uh, production issues or what the case is, but this has been the weirdest next gen console launch ever mm-hmm. that I ha- I remember covering that I remember following like this, just this is, this is nuts. Yeah. Normally when they, <laughs> they like... may not have the disc, but they have the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, I, I think when it comes to Sony, they will, they will continue waiting. I don't think we get pricing in September at this rate. Like it's either going to be very late September, early October that we get pricing. Pre-orders are going to be limited. I think Microsoft's going to be in a better position since they're offering two consoles to sell more units at launch. Um, I think this is the first time I can think of having like two very different options from a hardware perspective for a generation from the same publisher or console manufacturer. That's going to be interesting to see how that how that sort of works out, but from from Sony's perspective, they they are they have the they have the feather in their cap that they can say the digital version of the PlayStation 5 is the same nuts and bolts as the PlayStation uh, as the as the disc version, right? Right. So they can say, well, it is you are saving a hundred dollars, but you're not losing 4K gaming. Um, you you can have everything you can with both PlayStation Fives. It's just you save a little money without the disc drive. So yeah, but it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I I think anybody who was thinking of buying a next gen console is probably still going to lean towards the Xbox Series X. However, the 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 high buy-in for these next-gen consoles always makes these boxes for the um the, the gamers like you and I who want the new box that plays the new games. But this Xbox Series S is something that they can sell at a lower price point and get consumers that maybe weren't thinking of buying a next-gen console at all. You know, they're happy with their Xbox One or their PS4. I know a lot of people like younger generation you know, they they own a PS4, they're happy to play, they don't care about the pro, they don't care about, you know, buying a PC, they just want to play their specific games that they enjoy. So from the perspective of like, maybe I want to jump into the Xbox ecosystem, I can pay, you know, $300, $400 Canadian for this box, and then I'm in the next generation and not losing a rent payment, you know, so... Yeah, or I mean, it could also be those people that are you know maybe thinking of not like not only the ones that are trying to get into the xbox next gen but people who had just like you said like kind of like written it off completely where they were just like well no i'm not going to upgrade it's going to cost me like we've talked many many times on the show about price you know the better part of a thousand dollars probably by the time i get you know um even like not counting any accessories but just like the console and a game you know, we're going to be pushing a thousand dollars. So I'm just, you know, I'll make do with my PC or I'll stick with my Xbox one or whatever. Like I just not even giving an upgrade 
the time of day, like a second thought. And instead, now it seems like they're they're opening up the next gen kind of market to an entirely new group of consumers, potentially. So those that, you know, would have waited or wouldn't have upgraded, would have made do. Um, yeah, there this is now a, a potential upgrade point for them too. So yeah, I think I think this is a really good idea as long as it lives up to all the promises, right? Like as long as it does everything that it's supposed to do and actually feels like a next gen step for the Xbox, then I think this is a really, really smart move from Xbox. Because PlayStation, you're right, doesn't seem like they're gonna have anything like that, right? Like their two systems are meant to be just the same, only different, which means that the price is probably going to be just the same, maybe a little different, but just the same. Like they're they're not aiming at any different market. They're like, if you want to be next gen PlayStation 5, then you are going to be pushing that thousand dollar mark, period. So, yeah, we'll have to see over time um, how all this plays out and who who wins this generation's console war. But uh yeah, the the one that we now know for sure is the the details around the Xbox Series X. Again, $300 US, which is uh, just under 400 Canadian and coming November 10th, which we also expect will be the launch of the Xbox Series X, if not also the launch of the PlayStation 5. We shall have to see. And as soon as we know, we'll let you know on the next episode of The Gamers In. You can email the show at info at and don't forget to follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Joss Plays, Ryan Isidore Murphy, and don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers In. Thanks for staying at The Gamers In. Remember, tune in next week when we'll probably have PlayStation 5 information. Yay. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone.